بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا محمد الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده أما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى has given us everything for salvation for our needs in this world and our needs in the other world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our razaq. He gives us risk. He gives us food and sustenance, clothing and shelter, security, health and everything. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his sending of messengers showed us how we as human beings should relate to this aqidah that Allah is the razaq the one who provides everything for us so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us in the Quran and in the sunnah that rizq is something that he offers to his creation, all of them. The Prophet said that if you were to trust Allah the way you should trust him, you would not fear hunger and you will be fed the way a bird feeds its young ones. That somehow, somewhere, the birds find a way to feed their young ones and Allah provides for them. If you look into nature, especially wildlife, and especially in this part of the country where everything is barren and dry and cold in winter, how these species survive. I'm not talking about those who hibernate, I'm talking about those who live on land. So the species that live on land, somehow, they survive the harsh winters. And Allah feeds them. Allah takes care of them. You look at the fish in the ocean, you look at everything that Allah has created, and you'll see that in this system of razaqiyah, in this system of Allah's providing for everything He has created, Allah's work is magnificent. No government can do that because as rich as America is, there are still homeless people and hungry people in this country. And we all know that in our backyards we have homeless people and we have hungry people. You go throughout the country and you'll see this phenomenon. That's because human beings took on the task to provide for human beings. And they assume that they can monopolize and dictate the resources that Allah has created. We're not going to get into any government policy. I'm just saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا مِن دَابَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا That there's no creature on the earth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not provide for. 
And when, as I said, you look at the species, Allah provides for them. In abundance. And every species survive. So, how does now Islam come into this picture of Allah's sustenance, providing Allah's rizq? What does Islam say about this? So there are several layers, several components, several facets. It's a long discussion, but briefly, you can say the first and foremost, that the means of earning must be halal. The way we earn our money with which we buy our food and sustenance, that must be halal. If it's not halal, then Allah will not accept our deeds, our actions, our du'as, our dhikr, our Quran, our hajj, our umrah, our taraweeh, our sadqah, nothing. So the means of earning must be regulated by the rules of Islam and Sharia. And Alhamdulillah, mostly, uh, on the most part, I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have halal means of earning. Allah gives more with barakah, inshaAllah. Haram means of earning include deceit, lying, cheating, swindling. Yeah? Lying and cheating and swindling is haram. Categorically. And the Quran condemns people who lie and cheat in terms of their business. So honesty, integrity goes a long way into your halal earnings. It's not just that the job is halal. It must be that the method by which you behave at your job also has to be halal. In fact, more than halal. It will be much better than halal. Anyway. The second is that the food we consume must be halal. In the strict sense of the word. The Prophet said, Ayyuma lahmin nabata min harabin fannar awlabihi. Any piece of flesh that has been nurtured by haram, the fire is much better for that piece of flesh. We do have to be scrupulous with what we eat. We must identify that the food we are eating, consuming is halal. If not, then there is no difference between us and others. It is not just the case that our earnings are halal. It is also a case that the food we eat must also be halal. And it is here that I believe the community needs to improve. The ummah needs to improve. In Muslim countries, alhamdulillah, mashallah, on the whole, you have access to halal meat. In this country, it is slightly different. Although nowadays, alhamdulillah, through the efforts of a certain Muslim businessmen and other facilities, we do have plenty of access to what is labeled halal. 
Now, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about eating in restaurants that are dubious at best. Where alcohol is being served and you're eating there. Or you know that this person is not very scrupulous with his habits and you're still eating there. Or you're catering food from there. And you're catering food for an Amin party. For an Amin party, somebody's doing their Bismillah and reading the Quran and for this party, you're bringing haram food. Other than the fact that there's no barakah, it's totally haram. You can't do that as a Muslim. Why? Because the Prophet said, if you do that, your dua will not be accepted, your salat will not be accepted, your song will not be accepted, your zakat will not be accepted, your hajj will not be accepted. Nothing will be accepted if you consume haram and put haram into your body. And it's not a matter of taqwa. We're not talking about the pious people. You want to know about the pious people? Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, had a herd and a flock of sheep. And then he found out <coughs> that there was something suspect about a particular sheep in the herd. Suspect. So he didn't eat. He did not eat that animal's meat for several months. Just in case it was from that one animal that was suspect. This is Abu Hanifa. That's why he's Imam Adam. That's why he's the greatest Imam. He's not just the greatest Imam because of his knowledge. He's the greatest Imam because of his taqwa. And this is who we follow. So we're not talking about taqwa. The ranks of taqwa are far beyond our imagination in this country. We have to work on the premise of what's basic and what's basic halal. Allah being the Razak has provided enough genuine halal food places where we don't need to resort to ambiguous places and dubious places or places that are mashkook, doubtful. Oh, but the meat is so good there, it's so tender. It's so delicious. Remember the Prophet said that the fire is better for that body which consumes meat. That is haram. You want to take that chance? Just for entertainment, just for keeping up with the Joneses in the community. Just to say, yeah, we eat there also. It's a, it's a conversation over the dinner table. We eat here and we eat there. Unscrupulous consumption of haram food is what destroys the ummah because the ummah will pray Jumu'ah, the ummah will do Tarawih, the ummah will go for Umrah, the ummah will go for Hajj, but their du'as will not be accepted. Is this the way forward for the ummah? That you are going to open up every dubious place to eat because you can? Because you have money? That's not the way forward for this ummah. It may be the way forward for others. But this ummah's 
nutrition and basic food must be halal if there is to be hope for this ummah to do some good work. And how is that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhar rusul, Kulu min al-tayyibati wa'amalu saliha. Oh messengers, this is a command to the messengers. Eat what is pure, what is tayyib. Not just what's halal. Halal is a basic level. Tayyib is pure. Pure in its halalness. That there is no semblance of anything that is disliked in this animal. No semblance. Nothing whatsoever. Remotely. When you eat the tayyib and that which is pure then do good deeds. The Quran is instructing the messengers, eat pure and do good deeds. So he is joined and coupled eating good with good deeds. Meaning that if you eat halal, halal thoughts will enter your body and your mind and your brain and your heart and you will have halal thoughts. If you eat haram, that food is going to generate haram thoughts. That's the connection between eating pure and doing good deeds. What you consume is what you become. You are what you eat, as they say. So this unscrupulous behavior in the community, in the Umar, I'm talking about the American community, specifically, where most Muslims are so unscrupulous, they don't care whether the food is halal or not. Other than the fact that some of them drink. That's a different issue. Totally different issue. We must be scrupulous in what we eat because the rest of human civilization depends on us. Maybe you don't want to hear this. But the actions of non-Muslims are not as important as the actions of Muslims. It is the actions of Muslims that govern the welfare of the whole planet. We are responsible for what happens in the world. Our good deeds have a good impact. Our bad deeds have a bad impact. Not only on the physical environment, but on people. We are responsible for the humanity. The Quran says, so that you may be a witness to all of mankind. If we reform our actions by following the basic principle of verifying that the meat we consume is halal. The restaurant we're going to is halal and tayyib, pure. And the other stuff we consume in the house is also halal. Not just meat, other items which may be suspect and doubtful. You are not going to go hungry, trust me. 
You're not going to go hungry if you stay away from a few dubious items. It is total carelessness and it is total negligence and ghafla that the Muslims of this country endure and they do it with intent. And that is why you get haram ideas and haram thoughts in the community all the time. It stems from the food we consume. If you want good ideas in the community, give people halal and pure food. Eat halal and pure food. If you want a bad community, then be my guest. Do whatever the heck you want to. It's a free country, you can do what you want. But if it is that you're going to be of service to you, to your family, and to the Muslim Ummah, then you must do what Allah wants you to do. And that is to take only from the halal risk that He provides. This haram risk also. But He doesn't want you to take that because it's a test. There's halal option and there's a not so halal option and there's a haram option. Stay away the Prophet ﷺ from those dubious acts. Stay away from them. You're not going to die. You're not going to starve the way people who are homeless are starving. Just a little bit of attention to what Allah wants. Because at the end of the day, it's Allah who's feeding you. At the end of the day, Allah is the one who's given you the job. Allah is the one who's given you the money. Allah is the one who's given you shelter. Allah is the one who's given you peace and security. Allah is the one. So you do things for Allah. Not for your nafs and say, I don't care. That person had a party and they catered the food from that place and it was so delicious. Now you don't care whether it's halal haram. Then obviously you'll get the ummah you get. So we must be very careful as to where we go to eat and what we eat. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to eat at least what is halal and then to give us the tawfiq to eat what is tayyib also. Ameen ya rabbal alameen.